Some of our regulars maybe took off on us today. So. That happens. And we're glad for people that come up here in this community. I tell you, yesterday it was tough to get across the street. Were you here? Yeah, the traffic was nuts. And we go from, uh, you know, the culture here, we go from just a, you know, kind of a quiet little place to a booming, bustling little city. And uh, we're blessed. We have so much. We have so much. Agree? We have so much to be thankful for. I am so thankful for God's word. I guess the older I get, I realize the more I need it, the more I need him. How many are not going to stick around forever here? This is earth, just the earth here, your earth dwelling place. Jesus has some words, and we're studying. We just opened the book of John a couple Sundays ago. We, we, we read the first chapter a little bit about he was in the beginning. He was already there when the creation was. He was a part of that. Jesus spoke the word, and, the, and things happened. You know what we can do in your circumstances? You can do this. Speak the word of God over your mountains, over your challenges. Speak, speak it out loud. Speak it in your prayer life. Speak it to one another. What does it do? It builds your faith. Actually, I think more happens than we realize. God's word is living and active. Living and active. God's word is likened to the seed that is sown on the ground. How many have been sowing any seed, any seeds lately uh, in the garden or in the, the grassy areas that are struggling for the winter kill? The dandelions that are trying to take over. How many have any of those little critters in your yards? Oh, my goodness. Sometimes it's easy to get overwhelmed. And I, I, I get overwhelmed sometimes. I start thinking all this stuff that's got to happen. It should look like this and should look like that. And sometimes, just for a moment, momentarily, I begin to sink like Peter. Right? You begin to sink. But Jesus lifted old Peter out of the water. You know what? We need to be lifted out of the water, out of the stuff that's maybe weighing us down. So second chapter, we discussed a briefly, brief message on Jesus' first miracle, turning the water to wine. I love the expression that it, uh, Jesus' mother said, whatever he tells you to do, <laughs> do it. That's a great word. What is Jesus telling you and I to do? Or what has he told us to do? A lot, of, lot has to do with loving others, how we treat one another, how we really comes down to our inner man, our being first, character, integrity, our relations, our quiet time with Jesus is a secret. And you will often hear more when you take the moment to get away. Some of you guys are working two jobs. Some of you may be working three jobs. Is anybody working four jobs? <sighs> you probably are, but you just don't know it. It's a lot of stuff to do. A lot of stuff is going on. How are we going to hold up? 
or how are you holding up? I speak to myself. This really, I often speak on stuff that I'm, I'm going through as well. I mean, it's a senior graduate thing for us at our house. It's get the yard fixed. And if you've ever seen my yard, it's a disaster. And the dogs have dug holes. One dog uh, is old, and I mentioned this, how he, I mentioned a little bit about the Pool of Siloam that stirred, you remember, in Jesus' time. And Jesus uh, came and he healed a certain person because he said, I can't get to the pool because they just always get there before me. And that's exactly my scenario. My old dog and the new dog, he always snatches a treat. You throw it out, the new dog gets it right away. So you have to throw it far away. The new dog goes and gets it, but then you give the, the old dog a little treat. You know? And that works pretty good. You're laughing because that's happened to your dogs, hasn't it? There's just a lot of stuff that goes on in the world. And this crazy stuff, stuff that we're hearing about nowadays that we never thought, what in the world's going on? And Jesus was involved with his, his community. Jesus went to a wedding because he was invited. And Jesus shows up and made a difference. They were all astounded at the wine that was, where did you get this? See, Jesus wants to make us like new person. Jesus wants to make within us something fresh, something real, something that is spiritual. And so we get to the third chapter. Oftentimes, John uh, uses the word believe. It's a theme that runs throughout his whole, whole book. And so we all know the favorite verse that all of us memorized in childhood, John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world. Right? You did memorize that? You still working on it? Okay. <laughs> you remember Nicodemus, the story of... Who, who, is, who would name their child Nicodemus? I don't know of anyone that, maybe, do you know of anyone named Nicodemus? We know Nick. I'm just teasing. Verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees. Ah. Named Nicodemus. What do we know about him? He was a ruler of the Jews. He was a teacher. He was a guy you would ask the questions. And Nicodemus is coming to Jesus, asking him the questions. Verse 2 says, the man, This man came to him by night. What's up with that? You know what's up with that. He don't want to seen by his neighbor, his fellow Pharisee. What are you doing, Nicodemus? You've come. He acknowledges this statement. Rabbi, we know that you have come from God. How did they know that? What convinced them? He says it in the next sentence. For no one can do these things or do these signs that you do 
unless God is with him. I don't know about you, but the church should operate in the miraculous, actually with signs and wonders. The early church started out that way. Miraculous things happened. People, people's bodies were healed. Lame people got up and ran immediately after they were lame from birth. Remember the story in the book of Acts. Was it Peter's handkerchief or Philip's? I can't remember. But one, one of those guys said a handkerchief. Even their clothing would peel people. Extraordinary miracles. I'd like to see a little of that. Did you know the greatest miracle still yet today? When an unbeliever is convinced that they need Jesus. When someone who's been doubting and skeptical and has not really bought in, has not seen a real healthy, a genuine witness, and they find fault with the church. They find excuses because perhaps some of them are legitimate, but also at the same time, they're perfectly comfortable believing the way they believe because if they have to uh, believe another way, they're going to have to change their life. And Jesus comes to, to bring a message which calls people to change, to repent. What? That's not a popular subject in our world. What, what I'm doing is wrong. What's wrong with it? Everyone else does it. And so we need the word of God and find ourselves asking the question as Nicodemus. Something intrigued Nicodemus because he saw past not only a great teacher was Jesus, but he demonstrated the love that he healed the leper, that he went and he ate with the sinners, that he, he did things that would be pharisaically incorrect. You don't just go eat with those low-down tax collapse. They're, 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 they're abusing the system, right? But Jesus sees past the problem and sees the person. Jesus sees past faults, sins, and sees the soul man. And sees the potential everyone that walks and breathes has because of him. And I want to emphasize, and we're going to look at this chapter a little more, that the Holy Spirit is absolutely in harmony with God the Father and Jesus. So when I mention Jesus... How can Jesus be everywhere once by the Holy Spirit? Right now, the Holy Spirit is everywhere on the earth, in people, dwelling in the hearts and lives of people. And so how can God keep all this straight? Well, he, he's God, but he, the Holy Spirit is like the arm or the le legs of God. that He's everywhere at once. And so now Nicodemus is challenged by the question, Jesus answered, by the way, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again. It's like Jesus gets to the subject. Then he cuts through, what is the real issue here? Nicodemus, why are you, what is intriguing you? Why are you asking me? 
Why are you coming to me at night? And Nicodemus says in verse 4, How can a man be born when he is old? Already Nicodemus is he's not getting it, right? The light's not on yet. What is that all about? Can we actually know about God but not know God? We can know a lot about God. There's a lot of people that have us somewhat of a belief in God, but they don't know him. They don't talk to him. They don't listen for him. They don't seek his word out. They're not, they're kind of standoffish. They're not too sure if they want to go that deep. You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's a Pharisee. That's a thing that we've got to be guarding against constantly. Uh, Nicodemus I think he, I don't know a lot about him other than these passages that he was a teacher, but something was happening. God, the Holy Spirit, was working here, right here. But Jesus was instrumental in taking him, leading him, helping him to understand. And G, as Nicodemus says, how can I go back into my mother's womb? That's impossible, by the way. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, You cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What does that have to do? Unless one is born of water. He reflects a bit about water. Water represents Jesus when he was baptized in water. He he, he took a stand. And the Holy Spirit came down upon him at that time. And said, and the spirit, the the water represented the place of where, where Jesus was led and the Spirit of God came on Jesus as a form of the dove. And the Father spoke. They were all, they were all there. Another God thing. Another God moment. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. I want to talk a little bit about the work of salvation. The work or the, or the, uh, the idea of salvation Sometimes we get, we get assume people understand what is salvation. Perhaps we understand it ourselves, but there are people don't, don't like that word. Don't, not, not comfortable with that word. Salvation. What does it mean to be saved? Well, if we're going, we're going to look at it, in order to be saved, I was, I was going to perish. Right? I was dangling over a cliff. I was hanging by the one little branch or root that was sticking out and there's thousands of feet to the rock pile below. And someone came down and caught a hold of me. I was saved. I was saved. And when you talk about the spiritual salvation in our, in our natural mind, the Bible says the natural man cannot understand the things of the spirit for they are spiritually understood or appraised or discerned. In other words, in order for me to be saved, I need the work of the Holy Spirit. And God the Holy Spirit convicts people, and that's what he says in his passages later on. Jesus said, I will send the helper, meaning the Holy Spirit. He will convict people, convince people of truth. And so as believers who are, we are already saved, we need to pray as Paul prayed that I pray that the eyes of their heart will be enlightened. How many of unsaved loved ones, friends, 
I think everyone has someone you would love to see get saved. Be ready. Be made ready for heaven. Sometimes salvation is seemingly instant and it's a moment and would transform. Other times salvation seems like it's a process. I know this, when God saves, he saves and you're saved. But then there's this other little word called sanctification that we kind of get, well, are they saved? Am I saved? Or am I not saved? The Bible says if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, what he's done for you on the cross and the resurrection, you shall be saved. So it's not necessarily even how I feel, but it's what Jesus has done for me. And when I'm convinced that is absolutely what I need, I recognize I'm a sinner. I cannot save myself. I cannot, I'm in a desperate situation. I cannot be ever good enough. And so Nicodemus is wondering, how could I ever go back in my mother's womb? And now Jesus is explaining it further. Look. It's verse 7. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. Can we really see air? Guess not. But I can see what it does when it's moving. Right? You can sense when there's good air and when there's bad air. You can smell it. And so the wind of the Holy Spirit is moving across our earth looking for a heart in which he can fill Looking for someone that says, I want God. I want to know him. I want this experience. And so to be born again is really a term that is scriptural that Jesus spoke about the birth, the, 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 the born again. We were born naturally now. To be saved is to be born spiritually. Paul's letter to Ephesians describes it so well. You were dead in your sins and trust. You were dead. You were going along with the things of the world. You were doing what everyone else does. But God. And every time we begin to think, well... How did that all work out? You were in such and such a place. You were in s s circumstances that maybe helped you, encouraged you, conditioned you to understand your need for God. Never underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, we depend upon him. In order for our loved ones, in order for us to grow, in order for us to see people come to Christ, we need to be interceding Jesus, the helper of the Holy Spirit. Open our eyes, Lord. Open their eyes. Open the eyes of my heart. Open my spiritual eyes that we might be, that we know what is the hope. This is what the verse says in Ephesians 1.18, that we might know what is the hope 
what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And far too many people don't understand what their inheritance can, can be. They do not understand that they actually have all heaven awaiting for them if they will just believe. Believe. And so later as John describes in 3.16, for God so loved, so God initiated this whole idea of being saved. God's doing stuff before we even acknowledge him. The Lord, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so this must continue on for the church today that we can bring people and engage with them and be a friend to them and show them how there is a way to walk and there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother who is Jesus and he's the one who's coming back for the church soon and very soon. If not, we'll see him when we pass from this life into the next. We win. You are winners in Christ. You are absolutely blessed, triumphant. You have overcome. And Jesus describes, verse 17, God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but the world should be saved through him. That was his first coming. We still live in the day of grace. But let me not fail to say God is coming back the second time to judge this world. And I want to be already judged now. He's already taking my judgment. See, see how it works? I don't want to be on this world trying to avoid meteorites and all that's described in Revelation. All the horrid stuff that's going to happen. I believe that war, we're going to be with him. And when he comes, we come back with him. We come back with him. The saints. Are you excited yet? I mean, the lakes are great up here. There's a lot of stuff. We, have you noticed the influx of four-wheelers? They're running over the country. Man. Everybody looks like they're just having the greatest time of their life. Bless them. Especially if they need Jesus. There are so many ways God is working. You know that there is a pastor friend of ours that has a tattoo from one end to the other. He's built like, you know, and he rides a Harley. And he has drag race day on his church parking lot. How many know you? What's his name? Help me. What's his name? He's from Forest Lake area. You know who I'm talking about. Cool. What is it about this guy? He's concerned about reaching people that he can reach. He relates to them. Whatever it takes. The message doesn't change. But sometimes the way we approach people and how we think out of the box, how will they hear? Romans says, 
unless someone is sent. How will they hear? How beautiful are those who bring good news. The missionary trip, Belize, is just one example of the church doing something outside of themselves. Our opportunity at Baccalaureate this past week, bless my heart, to be a part of that. To engage with the community, the faith community. Also, God is working. The Holy Spirit is working on your loved ones as you pray, as you love on them, as you, you say, there may be a, this is, you don't know this kid. This guy is a hard nut. He's a hard nut to crack. What? Well, Jesus is not a stranger. He's not, this is nothing new for him. Man, God will, knows what it takes. God knows what it takes to get a person in a place. Now, I know Jonah loved God at least at one time. Jonah, remember him, Jonah? But he had an attitude, like, I don't want to go to Nineveh. Right? Why? Why, Jonah? What's the, what's the deal? You don't like Nineveh? You don't like people? He really had what we call a stinky attitude. And he ran from God, so to speak. When God was serious about him, go to Nineveh. And when he figured out the people on the boat that was, the winds came up and they were, hey, it started raining. I'm sorry. The boat was being tossed to and fro. Everything was going all down. And who, who's the one on here? The, how did they have to understand? Who's the guy who, who made God mad? That's what they were thinking. And Jonah, I think I did. Throw me over. And what's Jonah's attitude? I want to die. I don't want to do this anymore. God had their plans. Maybe there's some people in your life that if it takes something like that, Jonah, to shake them up, to get them where they need to be. Sometimes we've got to be prepared to brace ourselves what God is doing to waken people up. And sometimes it's a serious thing. And we don't want to see people. I don't like to see people going through pain. I don't like to go through pain. I don't like to go through stuff. But God so loved the world he gave his only people. God gave his son an agony and the pain that he went for you and I. Paid off. Paid off. Aren't you so grateful? The process, I meant to say my points, but I'll say it like this. Jesus refers to the price of salvation, number one, if you take notes. Number two, there's a process, oftentimes a process of, 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 of becoming a believer, a, a process after even you become a believer. Now you have to disciple, be discipled, be a learner, be growing. You know, what happens so often in our, and Jesus describes some seed grow up quickly. There was no root system and the first trial that hit them, they, they bailed. They, they said, this, this is not working. This is not working. 
You and I are key to people loving on people through their failures. That's huge. We can't expect them to be Most people have to be led, discipled. And all people need a friend, a mentor, a person that loves on them no matter what, to listen to what maybe they're going through. And Jesus said, go and make disciples. He said a whole lot in one sense. What does that look like? I know he said baptize them in the water, in the name of the Father, the Holy Spirit. But who's going to stand with them on the next day when they go to the workplace and they find out they're get, getting fired, for example, or, or, getting, or they lose their health or they lose a loved one in relationship. They're going through a hard time. That's when the church gathers around, love one another, bear, each one, bear one another's burdens, and sturdily, I'm wrapping this up. Is salvation is just the beginning. Salvation is just the beginning, but it still needs to begin. The first part of us coming to God is simply, I am a sinner. I can't say myself. I'm so, I'm so lost. But you, John. I believe in what you did for me. I believe in what you did for me was enough to pay the price of my penalty. And even John the Baptist in the last portion of chapter 3 says it this way. He says it so, so powerfully. Now John the Baptist was, some, some people wondered if he was the Christ, if he was the anointed, if he's the one they were looking for. But John knew he wasn't and he would say, I'm not the guy. There's one coming after me. I baptize in water, but one is coming after me who will baptize in fire. He's referring to the Holy Spirit. And I love how you read on in this, in this last verses toward the end of chapter 3, and it says that Jesus was baptizing and spending time with them. Wow. I say yes. People need your time. People need your time. People need a friend. People need a role model. So this is where the church plays out. You learn how to encourage one another, love on each other, pray for each other, uh, support each other, and through it together we can get stronger and stronger and that we are growing to a place where we recognize the more we know about him, the more we realize we need him, the more he's, we understand how much he's done for us through this process. And this morning I was praying a bit, and Anna, why don't you come to and prepare yourself. There's a, there's a song that we've been doing once in a while, called it Break Every Chain. Break Every Chain. And that's going to be our closing song. But I want you to think about 
What does that mean? Break every chain. I think there are some people this week in our church that have been probably fired at by the enemy. Fiery darts, so to speak. But the chains that really are described here are bondages. The devil wants us to be bound up. He wants to remind you of your shortcomings. He wants to keep you discouraged and keep you from going forward. He wants to steal your song. He wants to steal your joy. But let's rise up. Let's acknowledge. I believe I, re- I recall a, a story went like this. I believe it was Smith Wigglesworth, one of the powerful praying evangelists back in the day, who actually was sleeping and he, he felt this presence, but it wasn't the presence of God. It was, it was the devil like the devil himself. It was just like the devil himself came in his room. If I recall the story, he woke up and said, oh, it's just you, and went back to sleep. What does that say? And he knew where he belonged. He knew he was secured, Jesus. Just think for a moment in your circumstances, the powerful name of Jesus. Take authority in the name of Jesus. We're going to sing that.